heart, so follow me And let's see what we learn Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in for another intervention episode. We, I, it's just me, I am covering uh, intervention episode 19 from season 22. So it's, I believe it's the most recent episode. Uh, probably there will be another one out by the time this airs. Um, but Elon is a very interesting episode. It's a very sympathetic episode. And once I get to the end, you'll, I'll be able to just explain it how unique this episode is um and how heartbreaking i mean you'll feel it too uh so i want to just talk about elon for a little bit um uh oh it's saying that my microphone's not working i'm pretty sure it is yeah okay so sorry about that um so elon is only 28 um, and I say only because she's been through a lot and she's younger than me. And because of her experience, her inside and her outside seem much older. And that I think that's because they're colored by sadness. And her mother does remark later on in this episode, you know, that there's a profound sadness that she's noticed even just as of late, you know, not, that is new, a new intensity, just despite the fact that Elon has been using mostly alcohol for uh you know since she was really really young since her parents split up when she was 15. so elon's background is that her parents split up um when she was 15 and that led to her really um falling apart she started using uh drinking i guess drinking mostly but she does say she did some pot and cocaine as well at the time um, and some, some of her, a lot of her friends were doing that at the time as well. You know, it wasn't just her, um, but that was how she was coping. She was outside of school. She was partying. Um, and when her parents split up uh, and her dad actually moved out, she ended up living with her dad. Now she had always felt like her brother was the quote unquote favorite child. So living with her dad now, it's like, oh, I'm the star. I'm the princess. Daddy wants me at his house. Sorry, I'm not being trying to be creepy by saying daddy, but like, because it's clearly a childhood, sorry, I'm trying to fix my microphone. Because it's clearly a childhood complex, it seems that, you know, that's really where her her heart was at and probably still is, despite the fact that unfortunately, um, that same year, she, or sorry, when she, it was the next year when she was 16, or possibly 17, it was her junior year of high school, I believe. Um, her father took his own life or his father uh, died by suicide, I believe is how we're meant to say it. Correct. You please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, because I want to be saying everything correctly. I don't want to get canceled, you guys. Um, and that's, I can't, I cannot imagine a, my having a parent take their own life. I truly can't. And when I hear about it and when I encounter those that have been through that, I am, I mean, I'm astonished every time because of course it happens, but the, the type of pain and self-blame that that creates is lethal. It can be lethal. And uh, I think we'll see that in this case. Well, 
you'll see. I don't want to spoiler alert it, but uh, Elon doesn't do well. So, um, yeah, so she lives with her dad and then he takes his own life and then she has to go back and try to live after this. And so she starts using and drinking more, which it makes sense. That's already her vice. And now she's going to double down. And then she suddenly, out of nowhere, her brother, not out of nowhere, but like her brother, Scott, um, whom she loves, who, you know, was kind of dad's favorite or whatever, who's, um, you know, just like her best friend. He has a baby. And suddenly for Ilan, it's like, oh, I, this is something that I can live for. And that's that's common with children, even if they're not your own. It's like, oh, you see potential. You remember that there is potential in the world. There is light in the world. There are fresh slates. It's like the it's the literal, literally a, a blank slate, a child, you know, like because there's they haven't experienced anything yet. And the idea that they could never experience pain is is intoxicating when you're in pain yourself. Um, and so she was present, you know, at that time. And then her brother, Scott, in some sort of freak incident of biology of the brain, of the body, this is terrifies me, by the way. This is one of my biggest fears, uh, has an aneurysm in his brain and passes away within 12 hours. And Elon speaks about how that felt, you know, to be there with him when he, as he died. And she said, I held his hand and he knew he was loved. He always knew he was loved. So this is background on Elon. Um, this is all background. And this is basically how she's gotten to this point. I think it's interesting because towards the very beginning of the episode, we see Elon with several girlfriends that she used to spend a lot of time with. And they're laughing and reminiscing about old times. And then the girlfriends are pretty just blatantly like, dude, we never hear from you, but we've been hearing that, that all you do is drink now. And we're really worried. Like, cause they have families and they have goals and they have self esteem and Elon doesn't. So no one's judging her. They're just really worried about her. Um, she has her own home. I believe she uses her, the money she gets for disability. She uses to get her alcohol and pay for gas. And then I'm, I believe her mother pays the rest of the bills. Um, and her mom drives back and forth to get her. And she often stays with her or she'll bring Elon to her house to stay with her because she's worried about her and she can disappear sometimes. And she's, her liver is so bad that she's, you know, she's throwing up blood at this point um, because she's constantly drinking and it's being provided for her. So that's, that's no bueno. So I'm going to play the clip of Elon with her friends because it's a pretty poignant moment. And then we're going to move forward with the current relationship that she has with her mom and how that is enablement, enable, enablement, enabling. I don't know if enablement is a word, but it sounds like it should be, doesn't it? I know. Uh, yeah. Anyway, here we go. Like you kept saying... <laughs> But you're not bringing your kids, right? Especially because you have so many of them. Like, one would be okay, but not five. My name is Elan. My house wouldn't even fit all of your kids in it. Elan was pretty shy when I first met her, but once you get to know her, she's really fun. <laughs> Everyone wanted to be Elan's friend because she's just really inviting like her personality you could just talk to her about anything and she was always there to listen i like this hanging out with you sober oh <laughs> i was actually kind of scared 
Why? Well, I don't know. I just keep hearing that you're drinking like a ton lately. And I'm like, what are we going to walk into? I'm currently harshly addicted to alcohol. My mom called the ambulance on me the other well, day. I couldn't stop vomiting. Couldn't hold down water or anything. I was throwing up blood. Okay, that gives us some pretty good insight, I think. Um, you know, into where she's at. Um, so, as I said, Ilana's only 28. And, um, excuse me, I need to burp and I, like, really don't want to do it into the mic. Okay. Whatever. Elon is 28 years old. Um, and I think it's 10 years she's been addicted to alcohol because around 18 is when her, when her dad died and she was on her own. And now she's at the point that, um, she's going to the liquor store as soon as it's open. She's getting vodka to sixth, sixth, I guess. Uh, I always thought it was a fifth, but she says two six. She's in Canada, so I don't know. Justine, help me out, babe. What does that mean? I know it's a lot because I can see how intoxicated she is. Um, and she says she currently uses cocaine and marijuana as well. So there are there is a scene where she's like waiting for her dealer. Um, but anyway, her mom Tracy is has a lot of guilt. Just be, not guilt, but like sympathy because she understands that because her father and brother both died like of course she's in this kind of pain so she's sympathetic to it but she's powerless to help her so instead she ends up enabling her which is incredibly common but you know never ceases to be incredibly sad she spends so much time alone in the apartment i mean it's going to be the time that something happens constantly going back and forth from Campbell River to Nanaimo. I think that Elan's mom is enabling her a little bit because every time Elan calls her crying, Tracy races down to Nanaimo. Hey. Hey. How did you get in? The door was open. Tracy doesn't sleep. She said to take time off work, um, just to cope. You've had quite a bit to drink. That's some, yeah. So what, uh, what time did you start drinking then today? I went to the liquor store, I wanna say 10 a.m. And I think this is my last bit of what I bought. But I still have one of the things you bought me. Okay, so there's your evidence, you know, that she's providing liquor, but we see that throughout. Um, so basically what's happening is um, Elon's mom, Tracy, is at her, at Elon's apartment. Elon is completely out of it. She's been drinking vodka all day. You can hear in her voice, she just doesn't know what's going on. It's really sad seeing them hug. Mom is very open and accepting and talking to her like she's a child because that's how you talk to someone who's super drunk, but not in, a, in an angry way. And she's asking her about how she's been drinking and everything. And I guess the reason she's here is that she really wants Elon to be there for her birthday dinner, which is happening, you know, back home, um, back where she's from. And she's hoping to bring Elon with her. But her method of doing that is keeping her drunk, essentially, which 
Like, she'll say she doesn't want her to get drunk, but then she'll pour alcohol for her in a travel mug, which is confusing to me. So, hey, I'm going to run out. Want me to bring you back anything? Um, some alcohol. Could you just wait just a little bit? That way, you know, you're kind of sobered up a little bit for dinner. That, that would be good. Well, you asked if I wanted anything. Anything okay, well. includes alcohol. Okay, I, I was meaning like if you wanted some breakfast. So are you going to be showered and ready to go when I get back then? Yes. Before we head out? Okay, see you in a bit. Hey, Jeffs. She's going to go get actual coffee. I'm going to get a stronger coffee. So off she goes to the liquor store and she purchases her vodka. It's like a giant bottle with a tiny bottle attached. Don't know what that means. Again, Justine, talk to me. And then she gets back to the her apartment. She gets back in and then doesn't lie to her mom about it. But her mom shows up and quickly it's clear that she's drunk. So are you ready? Let's rock and roll. The Am I understanding right? Be a two six of vodka. I think you drank it. No way. That's from yesterday. Oh, okay. Got a well. second one. I just went and bought some. So where did oh? Okay, there you go. You you have it. I'm okay, such so. I'm such a idiot. Is that good? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to carry this, or do you want me to? Well, I'll carry it. You don't have to carry it, mom. Okay. But well, thank you. You're welcome. Okay, you got it. You got it for sure. You don't have to carry it. Okay. We're we're over here. This is your car. Yep. Or not taking my car. Nope. Nope. Okay. Here. You need to drink a bit before you can put the lid on. Try not to spill, please. Here, I'm just gonna set that right here, okay? Drink a bit more so we can put the lid on. Okay, so in case it wasn't clear, uh, what you just heard was, aside from what I already um, exp expressed about her buying the alcohol while her mom went out and her mom seeing clearly that she's drunk and not really rebutting just being like oh okay she's drunk and uh, so drunk that she can't find the alcohol she just bought um it looks like a two six is a giant bottle of vodka with a little bottle of vodka attached to it i don't know why some i would love to matilda matilda do you know about this are they in your bottle shops justine is this a canadian thing holler at me okay anyway uh so basically ilan is getting fucked up in the front seat because her mom brought a thermos and filled it with vodka for her. I mean, the vodka she just bought. And then that's why she's saying, just drink a little bit so you can close the lid. So she's filled it with vodka. 
And then she puts that, this is so illegal too, because like, wah, I mean, I know the mom's not drinking, but still open containers. I, I'm so paranoid about that stuff, even though I don't drive drunk, you guys, I promise I do not drive drunk. I'm just paranoid about like when I buy alcohol, even if it's open, I mean, I'm sorry, even if it's not open, I still am like, put it in the back. Like, I feel weird having it close to me in the car, like as though I'm going to just like crack open a spritzer or something a white claw while i'm driving because i won't um but anyway so she's like i'll just put this bottle back here this giant vodka bottle and then um elon is just continuing to refill the cup i don't know they say she doesn't sleep because she stays up drinking that's got to be something that your body does to compensate or your tolerance adjusts because i don't understand that at all if i drink too much that's that's all that happens i go to sleep i mean i, I might say stupid stuff but then i fall asleep you guys have heard me on many after hours just being like i'm out <laughs> like i hit my limit i'm done and usually that means go to sleep sometimes it means i drink too much and i don't feel good and i might puke but i'm trying to stay away from that because i'm 33 you know don't want to be ratchet at 33 but anyway <laughs> um elon's getting wasted in the car on the way to the birthday dinner which as you may expect, doesn't go well. It, it it devolves into arguments about, you know, why are you still like this? Um, how is it that all your friends got their shit together, but you didn't? And you think it's just going to be this repetitive, repetitive stuff. Um, but then there's a huge, huge revelation that puts a lot of things into perspective. And I want to play that clip and just play it raw and then we'll talk about it. Be happy instead of sad and negative. And you are going to be here for my next birthday. Uh, well, and after for that, every birthday. Okay, I want you here. Can we have a, have a, oh. a smoke? Do you want to have a smoke? Is that okay? Yeah, it's okay. I stopped at the bench. You know, my brother's friend. Just want to clarify that she's um, talking to her friend right now. I think her friend's name is Holly. Um, about stopping by to see uh, when they went to visit. Sorry, they went to visit the bench that honors her brother and possibly her father. They were visiting the memorials of her father and brother um, before they came here. And basically, Elon was very drunk, and she said, this is too much, and I need to get out of here, which is really sad. There's French. Yeah. I love you. I love you, too. My best friend. You're my best friend. Don't pass out on me. I really didn't think it was as out of control as it has been lately until I talked to her about two months ago. And she could barely talk to me on the phone. And I thought, wow, like normally because she can drink so much and have a conversation with me, I really thought something was up. <sighs> over here, over here. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you forgot about me. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. Remember in 2005, we were all like so drunk. Oh, yeah. Whatever happened to that guy that we that we met? I vaguely remember that Brandy and me had to chase him out of the house. I don't know whatever happened to him. I know he raped me in the hot tub. What? What? Yeah, you were there. Yeah, I didn't know he raped you. Can you, like, tell me what happened? 
That's something you need to talk about. That's kind of a huge deal. I'm gonna let it go and just shove it down the road like everything else. It was 2005 that I was raped. I never called the police because in my family, if you showed any kind of sad feelings, you were weak and you were kind of worthless. So you just put up and shut up. The urge to, to dull the pain, the, the urge to not want to be in reality is so great. She doesn't want to accept the fact of all the pain that she's had to endure. Okay, so I want to say, for context, that means that Elon was raped when she was 15. So when she was having a hard time already, but even before her parents' divorce, before her father's suicide, before her brother's death, Elon is swimming, swimming in PTSD. And she's so lost, and unfortunately, there hasn't been a lot of guidance around her, clearly. Like what she said about her family when she was 15, you didn't talk about feelings. I believe her. I 100% believe her that she thought she would be considered weak and probably not believed. And that's awful. She's only 28. It's, it's astounding to me. It's astounding. And clearly, she got to a level where drinking was all she could do to try and cope. But now she's at a level where even that isn't helping because the pain's still there. You know, it's, it's gotten, it's wiggled, it's torn its way through, it's wormed its way through, which is absolutely devastating. So now we waltz pretty neatly into the pre-intervention um, where the basic protocol is happening um, there. The interventionist is talking to Andrew, is talking to them about, hey, here's what's been happening here's why enabling has doesn't work and here's what we need to do basically but of course it's different for every family so i will play a clip of the pre-intervention because i always enjoy that part because it's not dramatic it's the part where the whole family slash friends get to sit around and be like here's the bottom line and and really speak their truth and sometimes it can be a shit show but it's not in this case it's just very sad um, but the mom speaks really very um profoundly on her daughter, and I would like to include that. I would like to give credence to that. Today is about getting on the same page, presenting in a united front. Mm -hmm. And today is a little bit about learning, you know, what's our role and what's happening in the family dynamics and with our friends. And obviously this has been a progressive disease for her. You know, things have been continuously getting worse and worse. The, the amount she's drinking, is phenomenal. I've partied when I was young and I can't imagine drinking the amount she drank here a week ago. She's throwing up blood and uh, urinating blood. and None of that is a good thing, so. Last week, I had to call an ambulance while she was staying with us. She's gonna die if, if, if something doesn't happen. Interventions are a last resort. You've tried everything else. So you three have been friends for how many years? I'd say 16, 17 years. So you knew her before yeah. any of the drugs, the alcohol started. Yeah. And how much older was her brother than her? Uh, two and a half years. She looked up to Scott, like that was her role model. She always did great in school. 
But I think at the same time, maybe she felt that Scott was getting more attention, like, because that's the feeling I have always had. Like, that's what she's kind of put off to us. She always said that Scott being the firstborn, that he had to be the favorite because he excelled at everything he did. And she has somehow had that in her head that, oh, well, you know, I was second. If she's a young girl who's looking up to her older brother, in her mind, he's getting all the praise, and no matter what he's done, he's the perfect boy, and what about me, what about me, then starts you know, not getting the attention she wants for the good things, then ends up using other ways to get attention, which are negative. Her dad and I were arguing about her drug use and, and what to do, how do we address it. Now you can see the perfect example of why we call it a family disease, because it affected your guys' relationship. Absolutely, right? yeah. So we're going to go to a little bit of a, a tough area now. I know she went through a terrible sexual assault. I believe you guys were there that night, if I'm correct. Had she graduated yet? No. So was no. she would have been in grade... 12? Grade 12. It was at uh, her parents' house. Oh, was that at your guys' house? Paul and Tracy weren't home that night. I do remember her and that guy being in the hot tub. We were all kind of like worried about her with this guy, but she kept, oh no guys, no, like it's okay. But like, I never knew that he actually went that far with her until she brought it up. She brought it up at your birthday dinner to Holly and then Holly told me. I wasn't aware until about three weeks ago. Oh really? So it's taken her 10 years before she's actually brought it up. Why do you think that is? I think things are coming to a head. She may be trying to help you guys understand actually the pain she's been in for a long time. She definitely, in the last, I'm gonna say two to three months, is she's different. There's something different. It's such a profound sadness. I mean, if we are on the phone talking, she'll say, you know, Mom, you just have to let me go. You have to accept it. I'm gonna go. Okay, and for those of us that are familiar with the you know, mental health that work in the field or that are just close to it. We know that that the typical signs of somebody that is starting to have suicidal ideations or consider suicide realistically. And it's clear that the behaviors and the shift in behaviors from Elon lately indicate hopelessness and also perhaps a desire to die. So keep that in mind um also the the brother stuff was damaging but i and i'm sure that was a hard foundation for her i grew up insecure as well it makes it really hard but it's sort of to me it's like it's another example of her really low self-esteem even though she as far as we know was really talented and skilled um but you know things just got really screwed up and i i guess she wasn't 15 i don't know i'm trying to figure out because I believe this was filmed in 2018. And so if, you know, if she were 28, then she'd have been born in 1990, right? 90, 2000, 2010. That's 20. And then 2018 is 28. So I guess she wasn't. She was in grade 12. So she must have been 17 or possibly 18. But either way, rape is rape. It doesn't matter. And that's still a very young age. And uh, that was right when her dad took his life. So I don't know if it was before or after, but I'm going to guess after because that just tracks with that kind of 
loss of self-esteem <clears throat> and trauma. Uh, but I don't know. So it's that's conjecture from me. Um, but yeah, the, the consensus is she's feeling hopeless and she's hurting. Her stepdad says he's she's broken. And Andrew, the interventionist, says, no, if you're broken, you can't be fixed. She's she's um, damaged. And so she needs help. But we can help her. So I appreciate that um, phrasing from him a lot. But I also clock the, the stepfather's point. Like, maybe she can't be fixed, you know? That is a possibility. We don't want to say it. We're not going to think about it right now, but it's a possibility. It always is. Okay, so after this, of course, we have the intervention. And what happens is it's pretty calm. Elon walks in and she's like, hey. He's like, you see your family? She's like, yeah. And he asks her to sit down, and she does. And she says, I'm overwhelmed. I wasn't expecting this, but she's not not receptive, right? And he's saying, of course, this is this is love. Like, your family's just trying to give you their love. Um, and so everybody gets a chance to read their letter as usual. Um, I don't need to play all of it. I have no problem with this because it's human behavior and it makes complete sense that uh, a lot of these interventions can run similar or the letters can. Like, just because these the feelings and circumstances of addiction are universal you know the, the details might vary but that the feelings of you know the addict and the feelings of those that are being affected by the addict and the inclinations of those that feel that they need to enable the addict uh, those are universal and i think that's kind of part of why i like this show because they're they do represent every type of person you, you can't say that they don't every type of person everywhere all races, creeds, types, kinds, I, I, gay, trans, as far as I know, has been represented. Let me know if I'm wrong. Um, I just appreciate that about the show. Um, I, something I appreciate about this episode, too, is it's unique that the person in question still has a really tight bond with their best friends. Usually, like, people that are at this point don't have friends anymore. They, their friends are worried about them, but they've cut up off contact entirely. But this seems like she was sustaining some sort of level of quote-unquote functionality, and then she just dipped way down. She couldn't do it anymore. She's falling apart. And also seems like psychologically maybe giving up. That is not a judgment. I'm just saying that based on what I'm seeing and hearing and based on what happens at the end. So... It's obviously meaningful to her that these friends are here and that they are talking to her and saying wonderful things about her and saying they want her to live. But it's also like, is she at a point where she can't even hear that anymore? Where she's like, that's nice, but it, it's too late. Um, because th those are the, that's seems like where she's at. So, you know, it's very emotional. Um, her stepfather reads a letter too, which I think is really nice because like, They've only known each other eight years, and it could have been way different. Her dad died. I mean, she said it was really hard for her to come around, but she does love her stepdad. I just think it's really awesome and meaningful that he's he's so involved in this, and he's not like fuck this. It's not my kid. I didn't I didn't sign up for this. Blah blah blah. Um, and then of course, mom reads a letter. You know, I, my mom really moves me. She's so open and honest and. I never feel like she's judging her daughter. I feel like she's just scared for her. Um, 
and of course she's grieving because she lost her her ex-husband i mean the 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 mother the father of her children and her and one of her children like i that's already so much that's the other thing is losing a child i can't i can't imagine it just what does it mean where did it go like why you know it's just how could you ever reconcile that i know people learn to do it but it just seems so impossible I'm so sorry. I'm just like getting emotional. Um, so actually there's an interesting part in the intervention where Elon gets into her side of the story and says, I actually felt kind of betrayed by everybody. And I'm going to share that clip with you so that you can kind of get a taste of what's happening. As your mom, I have a lifetime of memories with you. I cry so much every night as it is so painful to watch yourself destruct. I believe with all my heart and soul that you will die from this disease if you do not get help now. And I've already lost your dad and Scott, and no one on this earth should have to lose their child, let alone two of them. I love you. I need you. And we're all here for you today. Will you accept the help that is being offered to you? Are you willing to accept the help being offered to you today? And all of you guys knew. A little bit of betrayal, to be honest. That's how I feel. All right, that was a short tidbit, but she, you know, it makes it seem like maybe she's not going to say yes, da-da-da-da-da. But eventually, um, she does say yes to treatment. So they, you know, they drag the intervention out a little bit. And then, oops, okay, here we go. And they're letting her know, like, uh, it's really close. They're not even trying to fly her far away. I, I don't know. They didn't explain that, but I guess they thought she would be more inclined to go and isn't in the shape to go far because she's so sick. Uh, but he's saying, you know, obviously the first thing you have to do is the detox and then you get to help work on the trauma and extra extra. And, and then he's like, Oh yeah, I want you to live another 50 years, you know, get through the next 50 years at least. Uh, and then of course she asks the classic question, like when, and then, um, her reaction is like, uh, so I can do what I want in the next two hours. Like basically, can I get drunk? Um, and he's like, nah, girl, you, you need to do this. Like he, I think he can, he can see that that would only make her turn away, but also he doesn't need to concede. She's already wavering. Cause she says right afterwards. Yeah, of course I'll go. And you know, they're happy, but she doesn't look, I don't know. She looks like locked up. Like her, I'm looking at her face right now and it's like very like, I don't know, like not angry, but just like, I'm going to disappear now, kind of like disassociative, like, but then she's smiling at everything, you know, people are cheering for her and you really, you really want her to succeed. And I really wanted her to succeed. Um, and unfortunately there is, fortunately there are a few months of sobriety for Elon. And we can play a little bit of what she says during that time, and then we can talk about what happens afterwards. 
When Alain came to Edgewood, emotionally, she was shut down. She was having a very difficult time connecting to what she was feeling spiritually. She didn't have a strong sense of herself or, or her worth. I've always struggled talking about um, my grief and traumatic experiences. It hasn't been easy. I've had to really be pushed on that. And I'm st I still have work to do surrounding those experiences, but I I'm getting there slowly. It took her some time to start to trust the staff and her peers and begin opening up. But over time, she was allowing us to connect to her feelings. Solid answer. Seeing her today, she's a different young woman. She's open. She has a, a friendly nature about her that's quite genuine. She is hopeful for her future. My biggest support this entire time has been my mom. She's been there for me through thick and thin. She's never given up on me, and it means a lot to have her still in my life. Okay, I just, I have a few thoughts. I know that you aren't looking at it, um, but usually when we see someone three months later, they look a lot different, right? It, it can depend on what their drug is, you know? Oh, they're not doing meth anymore. Suddenly they have gained weight, right? Which is a good thing. Um, sometimes, like the last episode I covered, uh, you know, uh, Kelsey, her face was no longer, you know, so engorged and puffy from all the fighting and drinking and crying and bulimia. Um, but I, I do have to say, Elon really looks the same. And I think the reason is she still looks kind of like sheepish. Her demeanor is very sheepish. She's still pretty childish. And her facial expression is still very like, even though she's saying that she's got a lot to work on, I don't know, she looks defeated to me. It doesn't totally settle right for me basically i'm not i don't watch it and go like oh great she's getting she's going far because i'm always trying to uh, evaluate when i watch this part you know who what do i think is this gonna last like how's it gonna go like are they really do they mean what they're saying or are they saying some basic shit because they have to say something and they are technically sober you know and i think in this case she maybe wants to believe what she's saying but i don't think she has a whole lot of conviction and i don't think she ever has um, which is challenging. Um, so, you know, she's talking about her mom and then that leads into she she and her mom seeing each other again. And it seems happy, but it also seems kind of sad. I don't know, like when they see each other, I don't, there's still sadness. There's still this vibe of like schlumpy, like mopey. I'm just here because I have to be at it, like energy. And it doesn't, bug me like I'm not mad about it. it's not like she's a jerk you know what I mean it's just she see she's so clearly still depressed I guess is all I have to say but we end the episode on you know Ilan and her mom having coffee and it's like yay you know three months sober and we're drinking coffee and I'm not wasted right um but then you have to wait for them to lower the boom the guillotine of the last screen and we find out that struggling with ongoing depression, Elon took her own life on March 5th, 2019. Her family and friends are grateful for the positive months of sobriety. And that is the end. And I gotta say, like, it, there were some distinct differences about this episode tonally, 
that I think are specifically because she was already very suicidal, which <clears throat> is not her fault. I'm just saying it's so unfortunate and it's truly, truly, truly sad because Elon seems like someone who deserved to be healthy and to be loved. I, there's really nothing problematic about her. I, I felt terrible for her and I feel terrible for her mom to have lost both of her children and her ex-husband. And it's none of it is her fault. None of it is her doing, even though she unfortunately did enable Elon, she certainly didn't establish those behaviors. You know, she was trying to parent. She made a mistake, but she was trying. This is not her fault. I just, it just goes to show how trauma, especially sexual trauma, or I don't want to say especially any type of true trauma, which is um, a truly traumatic, but according to the DSM-5, trauma is defined as either like an, an experience where you thought you were going to die or you almost died and, or an experience seeing someone die or seeing someone else almost die or being sexually assaulted. Um, those are the three criteria. So like if you were at like a mass shooting, obviously that would qualify. Or if, you know, you got kidnapped and then you were freed or you went to surgery and you almost died and then you came out of it or if you were raped or molested or whatever. So those are the primary tiers of trauma that we talk about when we talk about actual like post-traumatic stress disorder. However, I'm sure that's going to be expanded because there are so many other types of trauma that exist, like inherited trauma or familial trauma attachment disorders. Like there's, there's adoptive trauma is a big one that I don't think has really been given any attention, but I see it on the on the regular with the people that I work with, you know, um, the trauma of your parents divorcing, like there's so many different things. So I was kind of I just went on a tangent there. <laughs> but I it just goes to show how effective trauma is and how we have to be paying attention to it all the time, acknowledging it, figuring out how our kids are experiencing it. And if they aren't teaching them about it, you know, just to let them know that it's a thing and that they can talk about it, that, that it's not because they're bad if somebody hurts them. So whew, anyway, soapbox, going to put that away. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Um, this one was uh, really sad, but also zippy to get through, I guess. I it just stuck in my brain pretty well. I, I gotta say, like, I feel like I watched it more times than I did, which was like two and a half times. So I just want to say I'm sorry to the family of Elon, you know, and I hope that she's at peace. I do believe, I do believe in whatever is possible. There's, there's no way for me to know, but I believe in the universe and I like to believe that there's some sort of higher power and that Elon is able to access that now. Um, and, her, and her brother and her dad. So amen. <laughs> okay. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening to this bonus episode. Um, I am hoping to do a bonus episode every month. Um, if I can't, I apologize and I will let you know, or I'll play maybe a bonus Patreon peak sneak peek episode if I can't record one, or I might share something from Coast to Coast Cocktails. Um, so 
it might be diverse, but I'm going to do my best to do a bonus episode every month. And uh, just so you know, if you join our Patreon, if you haven't already, uh, at patreon.com slash A-W-D-W-L, you um, can sign up at any level to get tons of bonus episodes, all of the after hours that Justine and I record, lots of fun stuff about reality TV. Um, thing, uh, Kyler and I are starting to do Patreon episodes, uh, both for um, this uh, my Patreon and our brand new Coast to Coast Patreon, which is also up, everybody. Yay! Go check it out. It's patreon.com slash coast to coast cocktails. Just spell it out. Um, there it's the word two, not the number two. And um, check it out. See what see the tiers, see what you like. You, you can get a little, you can get a lot. And we signed up for the merch package. So baby, if you sign up for that top tier, the nine dollars, you get free merch sent to you excuse me, straight from Patreon that we design. Um, so please at least check it out. We, I love you guys so much. Um, and if, if you don't want to, if you can't join the Patreon, that's fine. I would love it if you could give me a review on, on iTunes, uh, five stars with just any little comment, you know, that you liked about it, because that helps so much, uh, with the algorithms so that other people can hear me. You know, I'm not in this for the money. I really, I want to sustain it and I want to I want other people to, to know about it because I feel like I got something good going on here. So if you can help me spread the word, that's more than enough. Um, tell a friend, you know, put it on your Facebook or something like that. That would be much that's much more than money to me. So thank you, everybody. You are wonderful. And I will talk to you on Saturday. And you whispered to those in pain. Now you belong to heaven and the stars spell out your name and it seems to me you lived your life like a candle in the wind never fading with the sunset when the rain set in and your footsteps will always fall here along England's greenest hill your candles burned out long before Your legend ever will Loveliness we've lost These empty days without your smile This torch we'll always carry for our nation's golden child And even though we try The truth brings us to tears All our words cannot express The joy you brought us through the years And it seems to me You lived your life like a candle in the wind Never fading with the sunset when rain set in And your footsteps will always fall here Along England's greenest hills Your candles burned out long before Your legend ever
my country lost without a soul who missed the wings of your compassion more than you'll ever know. And it seems to me you lived your life like a candle in the wind, never fading with the sunset when the rain set in. Candles burned out long before your legend ever will. Your footsteps will always fall here along England's greenest hills. Your candles burned out long before your legend ever will.